Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. Let's move on now to 1 Peter. The book of 1 Peter and the book of 2 Peter, of course, are written by Peter the Apostle, one of the original 12 apostles of Christ. And he was a member of the inner circle, which consisted of him and John and James. The three of them were the three disciples closest to Jesus in the days of his flesh. Peter was a Galilean fisherman. He was impulsive, sometimes a little selfish, sometimes a little hasty, but always a natural leader. After the resurrection of Christ and the day of Pentecost, Peter emerged as a leader in the early church. Initially, he denied Jesus at the time of the crucifixion, but he was deeply repentant, and the Lord Jesus himself restored Peter to a place of wholeness and faith on the banks of the Sea of Galilee. We can read this story in the last chapter of the Gospel of John. The book of 1 Peter claims to have been written from Babylon. Now, of course, this could be a literal reference to Babylon in Peter's day, but more probably he wrote it from Rome somewhere between 60 and 64 AD and referred to Rome as Babylon. It was written to encourage the elect, both Jew and Gentile believers. So this is a a book of encouragement to all believers from all times. In the time it was written, believers were under great persecution, and so it was intended to uh, encourage those who were going through difficulty. And you would think he was giving instruction for people that were living during good and free and open times because he encourages them to live a holy life. That's difficult under the Roman Empire where being a Christian made you stand out with the potential of being executed. But Peter says that they're to live a holy life and we're to live holy lives. Why? Because we're to know and recognize the price that Jesus paid for our redemption and we're to live like Jesus. Peter paid the ultimate price himself. According to church history, he was crucified under Nero about 64 A.D., And Peter thought so much of the Lord Jesus Christ by the time of his death that he didn't want to be crucified in the same manner that Jesus was. He asked instead that he could be crucified upside down as a show of humility for even the honor of dying for the Lord Jesus. He didn't want to assume anything by being executed in the same way that Jesus was. So this is a man that went through a tremendous transition from his first exposure to Jesus where he was a fisherman and he told Jesus he was a sinful man to his often impulsive behavior down through the years that he was walking with Jesus before Jesus was crucified, from his rejection of Jesus or his denial of Jesus three times on the night of his trial and then hiding the day of his actual crucifixion, Peter was able to be restored and rose up to a place of prominence and faith to the point that he was not afraid to stand out and to proclaim publicly that Jesus Christ was his Lord. And so as we read the words of 1 Peter, we're reading from a man who lived what he believed. We're reading the words of a man who died for what he believed and a man who knew Jesus personally. So let's begin now, 1 Peter chapter 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, exiles scattered throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father 
through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with His blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all of this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end results of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you, when they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even the angels long to look into these things. Therefore, With minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at His coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as He who called you is holy, so be holy in all that you do. For it is written, Be holy because I am holy. Since you call on a Father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God, who raised him up from the dead and glorified him, and so your faith and hope are in God. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all people are like grass." And all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall. But the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. Friends, I don't know what you call yourself. I don't know whether you call yourself a a Christian, whether you call yourself a believer, whether you call yourself an unbeliever, whatever you call yourself, I'm not sure. But the Bible says that this letter is written to God's elect. And so if you're hearing these words, the Bible calls you God's elect. 
It goes on to say, you who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. And so listening to these words, you've been chosen by Almighty God who knew that you would be listening to these words. The foreknowledge of God is expressed here in your ears, in your hearing. And through these words, the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit has come on you to be obedient to Jesus Christ. Why? Because we're sprinkled with his blood. Peter prays that grace and peace would be ours in abundance. Peter speaks of the new birth that is ours in Jesus Christ. He writes, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. And so we see that we have not entered into the fullness of what Jesus died to give us. We have been born again. We've received hope, a living hope, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. But there's an inheritance for each of us who serve the Lord, for each of us who have trusted Jesus, made him Lord of our lives, and have set our hearts toward heaven. There's an inheritance that is set aside for each of us that can never perish or spoil. Peter goes on to tell us that trials refine our faith in Jesus. He says, You should greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. And so trials refine us. Trials push us into the arms of the Lord. I often tell people that difficulty comes on all men, but the difference in response is what determines our destiny as believers. You only have two possible responses when something really difficult comes on your life. You can pull away from the Lord or you can draw closer to the Lord. You can't remain the same when you go through the extreme difficulties that all men are subject to in this life. But we need to draw near to the Lord when we go through difficulties and trials and tests. Peter talks about his coming. He says, concerning the salvation, it was revealed to them, the prophets, that they were not serving themselves but you when they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. And so, my friends, these things that have been revealed to us through Holy Scriptures and through the Word of the living God, the angels are curious about the nature of salvation and what God has done for us. I'm sure the angels were very curious about the Lord when He became incarnate as the baby Jesus and went through the stages of growth and development that all humans do. But our lives are being shaped, even as Jesus' life was shaped from his birth. He was indeed the God-man, the Son of God, the Son of Man, but he grew and developed and became our Lord and Messiah in the days of his flesh. He was God Almighty from the beginning to the end, but he became our Savior by his obedience and the things that he went through in this life. The Lord who is holy has called us to be holy. The Lord Jesus who overcame has called us to overcome. And so, Lord, We just ask that we would shape our lives to become more like Jesus day after day. Lord, we ask you that you would help us with the evil desires that come on us. God, help us to not submit to those desires. We recognize that trials and difficulties are common to man. We ask you, Lord, that our trials and difficulties would cause us to draw nearer to you. 
Lord, may all that we do result in praise and glory and honor for you. Lord, we thank you that there is an inheritance and a hope ahead of us in eternity for those of us who have submitted to your lordship. Lord, we pray that we would live with an awareness that you really are our greatest reward. We have you now and we have you in eternity. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.